0: What is up everybody, welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host Colin, here with my co-host Noah, and Noah, the fantasy season starts tomorrow. Like I, We should take a moment, let's take a moment to acknowledge that fantasy basketball is back.
1: We back baby, uh, we're back on the grind fest Colin, the rock would be proud.
0: The Rock would be proud. The Rock, he's probably smiling down from above.
1: <laughs> I'm excited, Con. I'm, I'm so hyped for this NBA season. And I'm hyped for my fantasy teams, Con. We've done three drafts in the last two days um, a points league, a categories league. And new to us this year, Con, we are doing a sleeper league um, on the fantasy app, Sleeper. And they're a little different, Con. They're going for the more um, like friendly approach. So on sleeper, you draft your team, and then you're actually picking only one game out of your players' available games for that week. Um, and we're me and Con are in a league with some of our friends who don't pay as much attention to basketball or fantasy basketball as much as we do, Con. And I think it's a better way for us to still be in a league with them, and for them to have more of an equal footing. How how do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and I I think there's definitely some allure to it in that you're picking a game. So, like, if I pick Brad Beal for Wednesday night, I feel like I'm way more inclined to be like, yo, like, let me turn this, like, fucking Wizards talks game on on a Wednesday night than I would be if I just kind of had Brad on my team and, like, you know, I wake up Thursday morning, I'm like, hey, how'd Brad do? You know, or follow it along. I feel like I'd, I'm i more inclined to actually go and watch the player like I am for a fantasy football league. You know, I, I think that's maybe the middle ground they're trying to get at.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, Sleeper originally started off as a fantasy football league, con and you can see that they're trying to you know, bring in new users while also moving some of their already existing users into the fantasy basketball realm, and I thought their format was really good, Con. I thought the, I thought how it looked when we were drafting, it looked really good. I liked how you could see the grid of everyone who was being drafted, and I'm excited for that league, Con. I'm excited that we could get some of our other friends who um, wouldn't normally play with us um, in that league, but... Since we got the time, Colin, it's week one. You know we have the schedule. It's week one. Let's let's talk about our teams, Colin. Let's, you know, I I gotta guess the listeners are somewhat interested in hearing who we actually drafted because we spent all that time doing our rankings, Colin, preaching who you should get, who we you shouldn't did. get, and we got to actually put it into principle.
0: We did. I, I I'm much more excited about my categories team this year than I am. My points league team, during the categories draft, I felt on. I was like, this is who I want. This is what I'm going to do. This is my strategy. And so just to give you the highlights, Noah, you know, first round, I went cat. And then I followed up with a slew of guards. I got Brad Beal, Shea, CP3. And then I was very excited. In the sixth round, Noah, I was able to get Miles Turner who, by all accounts, is like a, a top four-round guy in categories leagues because like, I don't know if he guarantees that I win blocks each week, but he almost does. He almost yeah, does. That's, so that's, yeah, you got really good value right that. there. And you're in a league with yeah. four Pacer and, fans. And, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I honestly, when that was one of those things. Like, I was sweating on the turn. And I almost waited, like, because I had, like, the fifth pick, so I almost waited, like, nine picks. And I was like, no, like, he's too good. Like, it's just not worth it. And so then the rest of my categories team is McCall Bridges, Chris Boucher, CJ McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas, Mike Conley, Roko, Miles Bridges. uh, And then I had picked Bobby Portis because I thought that he was going to and I would just use him as kind of an early waiver. Uh, but that's not the case. He's out for game one, so I'm going to drop him and find somebody else that's playing tomorrow to uh get the season going.
1: <laughs> How do you like your Categories team? Um, I'm a big fan of my Categories team, just like you, Colin. Um, the difference between our Categories league and our Points league is the Cat is 10 team, and our Points league is 12 team, so just being their two-less team, Collins. everyone's teams are a little more stacked, and I just got to talk mm-hmm. about doing the draft with just you, Con, is funny because I know guys that you're looking at are guys who I'm looking at. And we also, I figured out that we got a couple listeners in our leagues, Con. Um, one in particular, Mr. Simon, was just sniping, I think, every player we mentioned in our rankings, Con.
0: <laughs> yeah, there were a couple times throughout the draft where I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like guys that, for whatever reason, on ESPN were ranked like 90th, and our friends that don't really pay attention be like, "Yeah, he's like, oh, I say 90th," okay. and then you see him going, yeah, and you see him going like the fifth round, like, oh, uh, there was Gordon Hayward was ranked like 120th on ESPN for no real reason, and he got sniped real high, and then somebody reached for Stops, like
1: even more than I would have. Uh, so, okay, so getting into my categories. Oh, it was league, you. Getting into my it cat team. Colin, oh, it was you, Noah, that did that. With my um, I had the second to last pick. Uh, with my first pick, I took Embiid, Con, an absolute cat monster. Um, and then with my second pick, I took Trey Young, Con. Right off the bat, there, I'm covering a lot of cats with just two guys. Um, but the third, the third and fourth round is what did it to me, Con. Um, at this point in the draft, I kind of decided I was already going to punt field goal percentage, which I'm fine with because I think you can find guys to balance that out towards the end of your team. But in the third round, mm-hmm. con, I drafted Russell Westbrook. Um, in all terms, con, Russell Westbrook is an absolute elite, elite categories league player. And in the fourth round, con, with the 32nd pick, I got Vucevic. I'm rocking Vucevic and Embiid Con. How did you let that happen? So I'll
0: actually tell you this, Noah. Last year in categories, while Russell Westbrook was the number two points player, Russell Westbrook, uh, by like the calculation they do across all metrics, was ranked two hundred and thirty second.
1: Jesus Christ. Are you serious?
0: His yeah. I'm dropping yeah, this guy. His his field goal percentage turnover is so bad and then for what he does for your free throws too See, is so bad I think I'm I think I'm punting, punting I'm already
1: punting field goal percentage and turnovers so I'm kind of down with so, that Yeah when I mean when you take that into account sure
0: then then you're chilling you're fine but uh. like it is one of those things like his downside is definitely there
1: yeah, and I honestly think the field goal percentage could be shaped up this year, Con. I think he was getting to take a lot of shots on that bad Wizards team, which I don't think will be the case on this Lakers team. I see him more as a distributor, which I'm fine with. I just mm-hmm. wanted those, I wanted those rebounds, I wanted those assists, Con. And I think, I think I really did well on the fifth round and on. I think my fifth, sixth, and seventh pick were all Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, Chris Staps in a row. And then I also got to snipe two guys at the end, two rookies that I was really happy to get. Um, They were more of a fun pick than anything, but I ended up getting Cade Cunningham, Collin, who's going to have a lot of turnovers. We know that. He's a rookie point guard, but I do believe in him being able to stack those other stats like rebounds and assists. And then I got the utility knife in Scotty Barnes, Colin, who in the preseason so far is averaging over a block and a steal a game. That's real nice.
0: That's a guy in a categories league that we could look at and be like, shit. Yeah.
1: Like, he had, like, fifth-round value. And I saw both ends of the spectrum in our drafts, con. In the cat, I was second-to-last pick. And in the points league, I was actually the third pick, con. So I ended up being able to grab a guy in Luka Doncic, um, someone who I really wanted on one of my teams just because I want to be able to root for Luka and also see him putting up points for my fantasy team. Um, I grabbed Bam out of Bio as my second pick con. I don't love that really. Um, you know, Bam's a good player. He's a fantastic categories player con. But I would have much rather had a Julius Randle or a Sabonis. But I'm still happy with Bam. And then in the third round con, I was able to draft Lamelo Ball, and I wanted one. I wanted that guy on one of my teams.
0: You you wanted a ball? And yes. For those that don't know, Noah named his team prior to the actual draft, LeVar's balls. So it would have been really upsetting after striking out in the Cat League to just go over in the Points
1: League too. And I just want to say, con in that Points League draft, 6th and 7th, the 6th round and the 7th round, con, I hit Jeremy Grant into Jaron Jackson Jr.
0: Yeah, I don't know how you were allowed to do that. <laughs> I, I, was, I was quite perplexed. Um. Yeah, I... Looking at my team now, I'm actually... It's better than I thought it was yesterday. Th- there were just a couple of things, especially with it being the 12-man. I mean, the, those last round, rounds, you were like, oh, my God. Like, these players are garbage. But you remember that in fantasy basketball, the waiver is going to, you know, rotate, you know, up mm-hmm. to 40% of these guys off your roster anyways. Um, but I was smack dab in the middle again. I was, uh, eighth pick for the points and ninth pick for, or eighth pick for cat, ninth pick for points. So really just like a, a spectrum. So I, I pick, I took Tatum in the first round, which you, you don't know I had, we not had our discussion. I don't know if I'm doing that. Um, I forget who else was on the board at the time, but I I like the floor there. I think that Tatum's going to take some steps up. And then I think I I did some really solid picks, like three through five. I took Randall number two. I I love Randall. I think that's a great pick. I think watching him be, like, a top five points league player last year, I don't see any reason for a major regression down to, like, 22. You never know, though. It's basketball. Then we hit Chris Paul. Paul. We get John Morant in there, and then we get some bigs. We get Jarrett Allen, Jonas Valanciunas, Chris Paul. You know, I'm okay with it all, um, but definitely not um, as excited. We'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll retool as the
1: year goes on there. In the last round of that draft, con, I sniped Dylan Brooks, and Colin and I both play in a league, in both our leagues, where we have an IR spot, and... Last round value on Dylan Brooks, a guy who finished 21st-ranked shooting guard last year, Colin. I was, I was pretty happy about that.
0: Yeah, I, I was thinking about him earlier and thought it was too soon, and I went with Jamal Murray to put on my IR spot because if he can come back playoff time, playoff fantasy time, that could be huge. That could really be huge. But I we like, don't know. But that's the point of the IR. Yeah,
1: spot. I like the addition of the IR spot con because it does suck when one of your players gets hurt, and you just have to end up dropping them. Um, I think the IR spot's mm-hmm. great for that. But I also think it's good for draft strategy as well, con like. Oh yeah. Two two ways I was thinking of using it yesterday was, if I found that I could get good value on Clay Thompson. I would have been willing yeah. to stash him on my IR spot, but in that scenario, con I think I would have drafted Jordan Poole to like cover myself, um, who's going to start Ooh, I like that. in place of Clay while he returns from injury. And I was approaching that the same way with Pascal Siakam, who is going to miss the first couple weeks of the season. I was going to stash him on IR, con and mm-hmm. draft Scotty Barnes, who presumably is going to play in Siakam's place. So I just like, I just like yeah. the IR spot because you couldn't really do that if you didn't have one.
0: <laughs> no, and I thought the strategy of it, too, was pretty interesting, seeing where some of those injured guys got taken, how they were treated. I mean, Kawhi got drafted in one of our leagues, which I thought was kind of stupid. But, you know, if Kawhi makes some miraculous return, that fantasy owner is going to be pretty stoked they, uh, they, they took that risk on.
1: Yeah, and yeah, those are our teams. That's probably the most you're going to hear about me those and Khan's teams the whole season. Um,
0: Unless Jaron Jackson Jr. sits out the whole year.
1: Yeah, then me and Khan will literally be Oh, right. that's the bone I have to. What?
0: You, Junior, before I was about to take Jaron Jackson Jr., <laughs> and given the saga that I went through with Jaron Jackson Jr. last year, like for the content, how did you not let me get him?
1: Uh, because Jaron Jackson Jr. is in for a fantastic year, Colin, and I drafted him in the seventh round.
0: And he just got the bag.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty happy, Colin. I'm bag. pretty happy. I baited you that too. I was like, "Wow, Colin, Ra- Rashawn Holmes is still on the board. That's pretty crazy." As I'm planning to take Jaron Jackson Jr.
0: <laughs> I didn't even take Rashawn Holmes. Who did I? I know. I, know. I forget who I took there. I like Jonas was like I think Jonas Valanciunas has such great value. I think I got him in all three of our leagues.
1: Yeah, that's really good.
0: Yeah, I just especially with Zion being out, like he can definitely he's gonna have to score that first month, and then we can kind of see where his role takes from there. But I I think he's gonna be really solid. So yeah,
1: let's get. I already know. Let's get in. I'm let's foaming get into at the it.
0: mouth. Oh, I haven't done
1: one of these in so long, mm-hmm. Noah. Do you think, do you think we're gonna be rusty? Or do you think we're gonna nail it? I think we're gonna nail it, con. Um, for for new listeners, me and Colin do this podcast every Sunday. Um, basically, we're covering the fantasy basketball week. Um, we do a schedule analysis, which we'll break down in just a couple seconds. Then we break it into a potential rest of season value, guys. Guys, who we see as longer term value that maybe you'll have on your team for more than a couple weeks or just a week. And then we break it down into waiver wire pickups, guys. Who you're going to want for that week? Um, just as the rankings that we did previously, Con, where you're kind of your baby. Um, this right here, Con, this is this is my this is my baby. I I take a lot of pride on. in these. I think that they're pretty good, and I'm ready to get into it, Con.
0: Alrighty, let's do it. So, Noah, so for the schedule analysis, one of the things about fantasy basketball that's different than fantasy football for the new listener, maybe somebody who's being introduced to fantasy basketball for the first time, is that not everybody plays the same amount each week, and value on a week-to-week basis can be greatly impacted by that. Uh, And so, you know, this week it's going to be pretty standard. Most of the teams are going to be playing three games. Some will play two, but as the year goes on, you know, we could have a week where a team's playing two games and a different team's playing, like, four or five. That probably won't happen because it's not the COVID year, but that made things real crazy. But with that said, you know, Luka Doncic, if he plays two games in a week, you know, maybe he puts up 80 points. That's pretty good. But maybe you get somebody like Kyle Kuzma. It's February. The Wizards are torn to shreds. Bradley Beal never took the vaccine. And Kyle Kuzma's got four games. He's going to put up 22 a game. That's going to translate to way more value than Luka. But it's Kyle Kuzma. It just doesn't make sense. That's why we're here to explain it to you. That's our job, Noah.
1: Yeah. The schedule is so imperative in Fantasy Basketball Con that – you need to know how many teams are playing each day. You need to know the low-volume game days. You need to know which teams are going to be playing in back-to-backs because ideally, con you're wanting to game plan your entire week of how you're going to approach that week in terms of pickups and drops. You're, you're wanting to prepare that on Sunday, con, and that's what we're here to help you guys with. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, no, without further ado, there are 10 teams only playing two games. This week, that is the Hawks, the Mavs, the Nuggets, the Pistons, the Clippers, the Heat, the Timberwolves, the Blazers, the Jazz, and the Washington Wizards. Everybody else is going to play three games, so if you're looking to stream starting week one, these are probably the teams to do it. You have Boston, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Chicago, Cleveland, Golden State, Houston, Indiana, L.A., L.A. again, Memphis, Milwaukee, New Orleans, the Knicks, Thunder, Magic, 76ers, Suns, Spurs, and Raptors. Ooh, I tried to do that faster, and then i in uh, And Sacramento. I, I'll get better. I said... Oh, uh, did I miss Sacramento?
1: You also said Clippers for I three guess. games. Clippers play two games this week. But it's fine, Colin. It's week one, baby. It's week one. You're uh, rusty. Geez. I get it. I'm rusty. Wow, I didn't expect to be that rusty. <laughs> I saw LA,
0: and I I was saying I started off with, like, saying the cities, and I was like, I can just get them both out of the way.
1: LA twice. Um, Yeah. And And if you're a new listener who somehow just found us on Spotify or whatever podcast streaming version you do, um, me and Colin do post this entire Word doc on the Fantasy Basketball subreddit under the name Bench Chatter Pod. So if you want to go and look at this with your own eyes, you can. And please leave us an upvote and a nice comment. That's all we asked for. And Venmo. Um,
0: yeah, and Venmo. My Venmo <laughs> is KittenLover4369.
1: Nice. Um, at Yahoo.com. Getting into the number of teams playing each day this week, Colin. Um, on Monday, we have none, clearly. On Tuesday, we're looking at four teams, Gone. We have two games tomorrow night for the opening night. On Wednesday, we have 22, so the majority of the league is playing. On Thursday, we have 6. On Friday, we have 20. On Saturday, we have 16. And on Sunday, we have 12. Noah,
0: off the bat, talk to me about the importance of low-volume
1: days. Low-volume days are so important, Con, because those are the days that can make the most difference in a week because you are going to be wanting to snipe those streamable guys off those who are playing on those low-volume game days. Colin, the teams that play on the low-volume game days are the most valuable teams of the week because those are the teams that everyone in your league is going to be looking at when they only have two guys playing on Tuesday or something, Colin. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I feel you.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. off the bat, yeah, yeah, I based yeah, – yeah one of my strategies in taking Bobby Portis, which was inevitably dumb because he's actually out for the first game. But that was my last round pick just so I didn't have to waste a waiver wire spot on something that I knew I wanted. You know, I knew I wanted a Laker, a Buck, a Warrior, or who are the Warriors playing? The
1: Lakers. The The Nets play the Bucks. Lakers-Warriors. Ah, the Nets. Yeah, or the Nets.
0: Yeah, I knew I wanted – is some real estate on one of mm-hmm. those teams just so I could have him. So, I mean, off the bat right there, I mean, Carmelo Anthony should be drafted just because he's he's going to play tomorrow night. Like, yeah, he should yeah. be on a team.
1: Yeah, if you're just drafting now, don't, don't hold on to, like, your last three guys, really. Um, those three guys are going to change no. many times over the last season, and... There's no reason to not be starting in week one, con picking up and dropping guys because every week matters, truly.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe if you really feel like a guy has some crazy potential, give him a week or two. Mm -hmm. But inevitably, I think we've seen it year over year, Noah. The guys who stream are the ones who
1: end up winning the league. Especially points leagues. That is how you win a points league. Points leagues are not won in the draft. They are won and lost in who makes the best waiver wire acquisitions.
0: Yeah, and I think it was almost directly correlated, Noah. Like, every team that made the playoffs in our points league last year, Sands won, finished in, like, the top half in waiver wire pickups. Like, it was just, are you actually paying attention? Are you doing everything week to week? Okay.
1: All right, here's a playoff spot. Yeah, yeah. you should totally be picking up and adding guys. A lot, a lot, a lot. And one of the factors that makes someone valuable to pick up that week is back-to-backs, which is the next part of the schedule analysis. Um, Monday through Thursday, Colin, we're not looking at any back-to-backs. On Friday, Saturday, we have Chicago, Cleveland, Indiana, New Orleans, Phoenix, Sacramento, and Toronto, all playing in a back to back Friday Saturday. So if your we- if your matchup is looking close con coming into Friday, you're gonna want to pick up a guy from one of those teams. You're gonna get a Friday Saturday game out of them and then you could drop that guy. Pick him up for a Sunday Monday back to back con. Boom. One acquisition, Boom. you're getting four games out of him. Two acquisitions, four games. Numbers don't lie con. Numbers Boom. don't lie. Um, they On don't. Saturday, Sunday, we're looking at Memphis with the only team to have a back-to-back. So make a mental note of that. Memphis is the only team on Saturday, Sunday, back-to-back. Take a note. Um, That's big. And there's a lot of waiver guys on Memphis. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Sunday, Monday, we're looking at Boston, Brooklyn, Charlotte, and Orlando all having a back-to-back. And those teams are so important, Con, because they could win you your game on Sunday and then get you off to a great start for your next week on Monday um, Sunday, Monday back to backs are huge. They are huge. Yeah. And just
0: a note for the listener, uh, it may be different across different platforms, but because basketball starting on a Tuesday this year, you're going to have six waiver pickups for the opening week six. So plan
1: accordingly there. Um, moving into the next part, Con are the low volume game days. Um, on Tuesday, we're looking at two games. On Thursday, we have three games and on Sunday we have six games, Con. And um, this next part kind of goes hand in hand with these low volume game dates. It's the team who the teams who play on these low volume game days. Probably the most important section of this schedule analysis con because these are the teams that you are going to be wanting to stream and the Golden State Warriors, con. They play all 3 of their games this week on Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. All of the all 3 of the low volume game days the Warriors play on this week. That's huge. That's huge. That is huge. In you're looking at a team in the Warriors who has potential value um that have guys at the end of their roster that you still will be able to stream snipe um you're looking at guys like James Wiseman, um either of their rookies in both Kaminga and Moody, Jordan Poole, Juan Toscano Anderson. Um you got options, Con. You got options. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a
0: more of a crab shoot right now just in that We're expecting the Warriors to be a playoff team, but they have so much young talent and are are they going to Let guys like Kuminga take minutes away from Wiggins, Otto Porter. Otto Porter's a name I really like this year, given the the way the Warriors run that franchise. I don't know, Um, but there's risks to be taken there. So, Noah, with that, let's move into the next section, which is guys who have potential rest-of-season value. And this is our way of saying, "Hey, these guys on the waivers could deserve a spot well into playoffs. They're not a guy that we see or project at least right now as being somebody you're constantly dropping. You know we all know those names. like I think I picked up and dropped Jakub Pertle like six times last year. Before he like actually deserved a <laughs> roster spot, and like Zubots. I think I think Zubats was probably on yes. my team more than he wasn't. <laughs> but I was just always picking him up and dropping him. I was like, it
1: just I was just throwing Royce O'Neill around. Con last year, like he was just a toy that I was done playing with, and then I'd come into my room a couple hours later and be like, Oh, I'll play with Royce O'Neill for a little oh, bit. Royce O'Neill. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to play the, with you these anymore. These potential rest of season value picks, con before the season I've even started, um, they're hard to make. Our week two preview will be a lot clearer after we've seen one week of basketball. We've seen how these teams are going to line up, how they're going to manage minutes. But I, I'm still I'm still thinking good with this list, con These are all percent rostered from ESPN, which is um, what me and Colin play, and we're also in a ten team and a twelve week team. So that's what I base my picks off of is guys who are on my waiver wire. So if you're in a fucking 32-team league and you're like, wow, I can't believe Mason Plumlee on your guys' list, please don't leave that in the comments because not the majority of people are in 32-team leagues. <laughs>
0: also, I, if you're in a 32-team league, could you – actually, I, I want you to leave one comment. I, I'd like to, you to explain the allure <laughs> of a 32-team Team lead to me because I just can't wrap my head. Tell us your around, roster like, draft... too. Like, do you have like Is Paul Zisper like <laughs> getting like significant <laughs> minutes for you? Like, I just like like what? Like in the tenth round, we're talking about like the three hundred twentieth ranked dude. There's four hundred fifty guys on active NBA rosters. It just uh, I don't get it. I I really I really don't.
1: Yeah. So please explain it to me. <clears throat> yeah, leave a comment. Tell us why you play in it. Tell us your team and leave an upvote, please, because I am and, interested. And your social security number, just yeah, case. yeah, yeah, yeah. And your address and name. Um, getting into the first guy con, it's Mister Mason Plumley, um, a guy who moved from the Detroit Pistons con to the Charlotte Hornets, and he is currently thirty five percent roster on ESPN con. Uh, Plumlee has established himself as that team's starter slash six man, and I think he has the potential to flirt with a low double double every night. Con um, last season he yeah. averaged ten point four points, nine point three rebounds, a shocking three point six assists, which is really nice coming from a end of bench center kind of guy. And he averaged you a block a game. Um, in terms of that Pistons team, con he. Killian Hayes missed a lot of the year with injury, leaving that team with no mm. real playmakers slash shot creators. Um, got someone who gets someone open, and if Plumley is in the starting role for that Hornets team, con he's going to be on the receiving end of a ton of passes from Lamelo Terry, Gordon Hayward. I can see this guy yeah. having a really good year on the Hornets con with how much guard talent they have.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of see Mason Plumley as a guy who's taken eight shots a game, but putting up, like, 11 points. Like, there's no reason he that goes all like, the shots he's and taking he's six for eight. Be, yeah, exactly. Like, he should shoot 65% from the field this year. Like, there's just no reason for him not to. And then the height on that team, I mean, you're not really looking at, like, a whole lot of other talent around him. Like, I think that just given the way he plays, he should have a large rebound percentage percentage of available rebounds on that team because I look around I mean like LaMelo kind of in that like point guard role is going to get some of those rebounds Gordon Hayward does a little bit of rebounding I mean I can't imagine Terry Rozier is a high rebounder I might eat those
1: words Terry could like have a he rebounds like four a game uh, um in terms of defensive rebounding Colin Plumlee has Plumley's going to eat, um, especially with a team like the Hornets. Con, who we see play a guy like PJ Washington and Miles Bridges both at the four, um, they're down to play mm-hmm. small. Con, a center who can grab a majority of the defensive rebounding is imperative to that Hornets team success, and I think it leaves Plumley in a fantastic spot. Con, yeah. Plus, I have his
0: top shot moment,
1: so hopefully his value skyrockets. Um, the next guy on the list, Con Tyrese Maxey who's currently 5.3% roster on ESPN. Um this is a hot one. With with this whole Ben Simmons situation Colin, going on, it's still very very unclear what's going to happen with him gone. He has reported to training camp. He's been practicing with the team. But we that d- that doesn't tell us anything yet, Con. He he certainly could just Nothing. be help scratches in these games. He could just refuse to play. He also could pull James Harden like he did last year on the Rockets. And when he's on the floor, they're making him play. You can tell he's just being terrible, not helping the team. Um, so I, I have no clue what's going to happen with Ben Simmons, Con. But if Simmons is not on the floor, Tyrese Maxey is likely to be that team's starting point guard, Con. In the eight games he started last season, Con he averaged 18 points on 50% shooting. Um, in the and he also added 4.3 rebounds and four assists. Um, Maxi playing starter minutes could be a lethal addition to any fantasy lineup. Con for a guy who's five percent rostered right now, and he's gonna be listed as your point guard. Con you're thinking I want my point guard to average more than four assists, right? My starting point guard. But in the six games last season where he played Ew, between thirty and thirty-nine minutes, con he averaged five assists in six games, um, proving that you know he we can like pass. That. Half of those passes are going to be to Joel Embiid. You got to assume that he can get some easy assists from those. And Tyrese Maxey could be a gigantic sleeper right here, con with the Ben Simmons situation still very cloudy.
0: The five percent rostered is is pretty large. That seems criminal. That uh, yeah. And it, yeah, it's one of those things, too, that 76-year team is set up for a lot of success. It's not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. And if you lose Ben Simmons, I think—not that Ben Simmons was a heavy scorer, but I think that team could really benefit from a point guard who might have a bit more scoring capabilities because we've seen Tobias Harris just— not be an effective option on that team consistently. I mean, we said it the other day, the only reason Tobias Harris isn't getting dragged through the mud in Philadelphia is because Ben Simmons was just, you know, diving head first into the mud. We're talking about a guy, like, are his efficiency numbers there? Yeah, I mean, he put up 19 a game last year on an effective field goal percentage of 55. But nobody else besides Embiid is taking shots. I mean... Like there's just a there's an aspect of that seventy sixers team that just feels to to almost be in a soft rebuild, and I think we could see them reshape a little bit and move towards the future with Tyrese Maxey being
1: at the helm of the offense. Yeah, and you have to assume with a younger point guard, Colin, they're gonna want to make things easy for him. And how do you do that? You run a ton of pick and roll with Tyrese Maxey and Embiid. And just the amount of gravity that Joel Embiid will draw from defenses, I think it will lead to both Tyrese Maxey having good scoring opportunities. Um, both in, I think he's going to attempt a ton of field goals. Like you said, Con. this team is kind of dying for a point guard that does have that scoring zip on him. And the two other guys on the floor, Con, are Seth Curry and Danny Green, two guys who are going to stand at the three-point line and wait for the pass to come to them. Um, they're not looking to create shots. They're looking to make shots. And I think all of that is a recipe for Tyrese Maxey to have a lot of success right off the bat, Colin.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the last thing I'm going to say there is the almighty Joel Embiid has a career-high games played of 64, yeah, there's yeah. going to be a stretch yeah. this season yes. where a <laughs> beat misses two weeks, and what then? Maxi Maxine... putting up twenty and five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly my point. So, oh my, yeah, I, I like Tyrese Maxi. Yeah, we've talked ourselves into him. <laughs> I already know. I know that I kind of recommended this next guy to you, so I'll, I'll take the uh, yeah, you got the him. lead on this one. It's Mr. Serge Oblaka. And, Noah, I, maybe you know it because I said it the other day. How old do you think Oblaka is?
1: 29.
0: Okay, you went the other way. I would have said, like, 35. He's 32. Like, by no means is he at an age where he should just be entirely 32. washed. Yeah, <laughs> he does. I mean, he's been playing since he was 19, so that's part of it. Um But he's a guy, Noah, last year, he still put up some really solid numbers on a Clippers team that didn't really need him to do anything. You know, he pulled down seven boards, 11 points, had his block a game, had a very nice field goal percentage, and was very solid from the free throw line. Now, when I said long-term, I think this is very clearly a categories addition not a points league ad I just don't think he's doing enough to fill the stat sheet in any specific way to have actual point value but when you look across the board he shot 51 from the field last year 81 from the line pulled down seven boards two assists the block low on turnovers and you're looking at a Clippers team this year that doesn't have Kawhi Leonard Everybody has to step up. I mean, it can't just be Paul George that's filling 25 points a game. That'd be crazy if he did, if he averaged like 45 points a game this year. But that's not going to happen. And so I think that Serge Ibaka does enough all around to really be valuable in a categories league. The fact that he's really only hurting you in assists and steals for a guy that you you can go get on the waiver wire right now, there's some value there.
1: Yeah, and with that loss of Kawhi Leonard Khan, that opens up like 35 front court minutes a game that will be filled between both Zubak and Ibaka. And there's room for both Ibaka and Zubak Khan to both succeed in that Clippers front court because Ibaka is more of a stretch than Zubak. Zubak is not a stretch at all, Zubak's a traditional center. And there's going to be scenarios where the Clippers need to um, be playing small with Ibaka at the 5. There's still room mm-hmm. for him to play at the 4 next to Zubak because Serge can stroke the 3. Um, I like Serge a lot in CatCon. If he can average a block a game, he has a lot of value at only 12% rostered. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Um, our next boy. All right, last
0: thing I'll add. Uh, okay, sorry. NBA Go. Reference projects his. I, I didn't know if I wanted to say it because it's kind of weird. Because he hasn't ever done this, and he played like twenty four minutes a game last year. But NBA Reference projects his per thirty six minute stats to be eighteen and a half points, ten boards, one and a half blocks, shooting around fifty percent from the field, and stroking one and a half threes a game for your starting center.
1: Very okay, nice. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's per 36. Mm.
1: That's per 36, but, like, still, that's sexy. Yeah. As long as he can maintain that eleven seven 7 and a block, Con, he's, he's worth having on any team to me. Um, yeah, I agree. Our, our next guy, Con, is a rookie. Um, it's Mr. Scotty Barnes, who is currently 63% roster on ESPN. And while 63 seems like a high number, Con, to me, that honestly seems low for a guy who has shown as much as he has in the preseason already. Um, This was a guy who kind of surprised a lot of people. Not you and I, Con, that the Raptors drafted him at fourth. Uh, We actually kind of saw that coming. Humble brag. Um, Barnes has drawn a lot of comparisons to Draymond Green, Con, in the way that they play. Um, They both have all-around games, and they don't really rely on their scoring to bring the majority of their value. Um, In the preseason so far, Con, Scotty Barnes is averaging 10 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds, 1.2 1.2 steals, and 1.2 blocks a game. Not In the if, preseasons seasons are basically the same as the regular season. If you're playing 9-cat, that is fucking phenomenal. And there's even an argument that he's good in points league because steals and blocks are worth uh, just more yeah. than just scoring a bunch of points. And he's going to get a ton of minutes this season, Colin, with both Siakam and Boucher set to miss time at the beginning of the season. And... I think Scotty in the short term con is gonna be fantastic in terms of this first month of the season. But they drafted the dude fourth overall con, so even his long term value is there because they're gonna play this guy. And I think there's a world where the Raptors are the best version of themselves where Scotty Barnes is still in that starting lineup.
0: Yeah, big time. Big time. I mean to draft him over Suggs, like that was huge. And obviously you and I called that because we're sick. But you're only doing that if you feel like he is providing you something that is just intangible because Suggs is a pure scorer. And I, while well, Siakam and Vliet have shown their ability to be phenomenal scorers, I don't think they, anyone would disagree with me if I were to say that Sugg's all-around ability as a pure scorer trumps them both pretty clearly. And the Raptors are an organization that, it, while they're not in win-now mode, it, they're, they're not going through like a tank, you know? Like, it's more of like a retool, mm-hmm. and then see where we're at and try to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And I think they really believe Scotty Barnes to be the more immediate... NBA ready player mm-hmm. than Suggs if they're going to take him with that fourth overall pick like they did.
1: Yeah. And you think of that Raptors team, Con, and all the stats that Scotty Barnes is putting up are things that the Raptors will need to win. Um, if Fred Van Vliet is starting at the point guard for them, he is a score first point guard, Con. They're going to need Scotty to average around five assists. Um, they're a smaller team con their center depth isn't fantastic. They're gonna need that five rebounds from Scotty a game um and you take you took Scotty Con because of his defensive prowess and I see those steals one steal one block being there for the entire season um, I, I lo- I'm in love with this guy. I think I think he's gonna be a really good categories player and potentially points yeah. player.
0: And, I mean, no, I'll say, I watched a Florida State-Indiana game this year where Scotty Barnes put the team on his back in OT and double OT. He had something like five points in, like, the regular 40 minutes and finished the game with, like, 18 points or something stupid.
1: Like, it's not like this dude can't score. Mm-hmm. And I think that's even better being on a team where scoring is his – fourth biggest priority, Colin, because yeah. that's what you got Siakam for, oh, that's yeah. what you have Fred for, and he's going to be able to find those open shots um, and opportunities with how much um, pressure the other two are going to be taking off of him. Yeah, yeah I think Scotty's a fantastic pick, and I think he should be higher than 63% rostered right now because he could put up Draymond numbers, Colin, and I think no one's arguing Draymond's probably like 90% rostered.
0: Yeah. I think there's like ten percent of leagues that are just like two dudes <laughs> playing each other because I don't 1v1 understand some of these. Yeah. I yeah I just some of these roster percentages just really don't make sense to me. But yeah, stands that. Um, our last right, guy, you know, this Colin, next guy,
1: our last guy who last has potential guy. rest of season value. He's on the Orlando Magic, and the Magic are a funny team con because they're going to be absolutely fucking terrible. <laughs> But like we've seen with terrible teams, Con, that means they're loaded full of potential fantasy value because we don't know who's going to play. They're all relatively unknown guys, so you will be able to grab them. And if you can be the first one to them, you could be looking at a huge player here because the Magic don't have a clear hierarchy, really, of who can be that best player. And everyone kind of gets our opportunity, which is why we loved a team like the Thunder last year. Yeah. and our last guy is Chuma Okiki, who's currently three point two percent roster on ESPN. Um, Okiki is someone out of Auburn who missed his whole rookie season due to an ACL tear, but he got, ACL tear, but he got the chance to play and start um, last season. Um, Chuma has a really good chance at being the starting forward for the Magic this season, Con. And in the games he played last season, he averaged eight points, four point seven rebounds, two point eight assists. And one and a half steals per game, um, that steal production is really nice, con coming from the power forward spot. And he also shot forty three percent from three last season. Um, I really like that steals production, con. Uh, I think Chuma and Franz Wagner are both going to be battling for that starting powered forward spot on the Magic, and I think both of them have the chance to be pretty productive fantasy players. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'd like to see
0: Franz Wagner get there um, just based on his college trajectory. And I think I really like him, but yeah, definitely to start the season, we're going to see Chumo Kiki get the minutes and we're going to see what he's capable of on a team where, like you said, there's just endless opportunity. Anybody can be anything and anybody could be nothing as well. So, We'll see. He was a guy that made some very solid contributions uh, as a waiver wire pickup at the end of the year in the minutes that he did play. Yes, sir. All right, all right, Noah. Well, those are the guys that we've listed as having potential rest-of-season value. But that it, it does leave our last segment, waiver wire pickups. There's some guys out there. They're just sitting there, Noah. uh, The season hasn't even started yet, (laughs) and they can make an impact for you this week. So I'm just going to go down the list. I'm going to read it off and buzz me in if you'd like to say something for 30 seconds about one of these guys. Okay. Marvin Bagley. Psst. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to say something. I buzzed (laughs) in. Uh, Marvin Bagley uh, was the second pick in arguably, like, the greatest draft since... 1985 and you know you might be saying right now Colin what about the 2003 draft well Marvin Bagley wasn't in the 2003 draft so point proven Uh, Marvin Bagley he's still going to get a bunch of points he's going to get a bunch of boards he's a solid contributor I don't really see his ceiling going up but I don't see it going down in like 14-7-3 maybe a block here there's definitely some value there fair enough Noah
1: yeah, I think there's an argument that Marvin Bagley probably should be rostered, but people just aren't taking him because he is Marvin Bagley.
0: <laughs> mm, I like him, though. He's young. He's still young. He's, like, 21 years old. <laughs> Derek Rose. Daniel Tice.
1: Buzz. Andre um, Drum.
0: Bo. Daniel um, Tice, Daniel to Tice? me,
1: Con has uh, – if we're saying Mason Plumlee has value, I think Daniel Tice also has value. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a guy who's going to be flirting with a low double-double um, all season. And, you know, you may argue that Shen Goon is eventually going to become that starter, but I think I think the Rockets are gonna ease Shen Goon into it. Um, I think rookie big men tend to be able tend to get overwhelmed at points in the season if you don't bring them in slowly. And I think they brought in Tice to both be a mentor to Shen Goon and also help him eventually become the starter for that team. And I think Tice playing next to Christian Wood and Shen Goon at the same time I like Tyson. I think he's a starter for that Rockets team for at least the first quarter of the season. Yeah.
0: I'll fight you on the uh, low double-double thing. He's never averaged more than six and a half boards in his career. Granted, he's never played more than 24 minutes. Going to be a lot of missed but shots yeah, I, on that Rockets team. Yeah. Uh, all right, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. All right, Andre Drummond, Lori Markkinen, Brandon Clark, Killian Hayes, Buzz. All right. Killian Hayes is a guy with exceptional talent. He was one of the best playmakers in the draft last year. Didn't really get a chance to put it together. I think he's on a team with some more established talent this year, uh, and we're really going to be able to see what he is made out of. Um, he has just such a silky smooth stroke. We'll see if it translates into the NBA game. He could definitely be a bust, but I still have some faith in him. Watching his highlight tape last year, there's just something about this kid that gives me a lot of confidence and in the 26 games he played he averaged about 25 minutes and had five assists so there is some value there
1: Cade's gonna help him a Poole. lot.
0: yeah i think so too i agree yeah and he's like 20 years old now so he can figure it out jordan pool mellow kevin huerter ricky rubio darius basley markel fultz alfred sangoon Alperen. No, it's Alfran, right?
1: Alperen Shengun.
0: Alperen Shengun. All right, I apologize. Delon Wright, Marcus Morris Sr., Rui Hachimura, Guron Dragic, Isaac Okoro, Dorian Finney-Smith, Gary Trent Jr., Monte Morris, and Otto Porter Jr. to round it out, Noah.
1: Pretty good list.
0: I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, last night I have is out of Porter Junior. Yeah yeah, 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 Especially this first week.
1: Yeah, and All I right. mean, no, the uh, guy at the bottom was Monty Morris. He's gonna be the starting point guard for the Nuggets for a majority. Of the- oh, <laughs> drop my mic. Sorry. Uh, he's gonna be the starting point guard for the majority of the year, con. So, at the very bare yeah, minimum, he has the opportunity.
0: Yeah. He does have the opportunity, but he's also never averaged more than three assists in a single year, which is concerning for a starting point guard. But there's the Nuggets and they have Jokic. So that is it for this episode of Bench Cheddar. Uh, tune in. We'll post a more regular schedule as the week, as the year goes on, but we will be recording every Sunday. Every Sunday we're coming at to you with fantasy content, we're going to publish this list on Reddit, and we're going to look for ways to be a bit more active in the community this year. Maybe look out for some other social media channels. And uh, I think with
1: that, Noah, we'll see you next Sunday at the very least. Yep, I'm glad to be back, Colin Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Mains NBA podcast, and we'll see you soon. See ya.